Friends, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join in our call to worship. Now thus says the Lord, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Through water and river, through wind and flame, I have called you by name, and you are mine. Through heartbreak and tragedy, through nightmares that do not disappear in the daytime, I have called you by name, and you are mine. Through everything that has been, through everything still yet to come, I have called you by name, and you are mine.
Though we fail to live up to the promises we have made to follow Jesus faithfully and live in love, still we come before God as beloved children. With the confidence of the children of God, let us confess our sin. Let us pray. Merciful God, you promise never to forsake us. Forgive us when we forsake you. You insist upon seeing the best in us. Forgive us when we assume the worst of one another. You are patient and kind, steady and strong. Forgive us when our spirits wane and our hearts grow weary. For all the wrong we have done and for all the good we have failed to do, forgive us. the good news. As people born of water and the Spirit, we have died to the old life, and a new life has begun. God's grace is poured out upon us day by day. Be thankful, and live as one who has been raised to new life. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul 
and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, who calls us to be agents of reconciliation and peace. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Please greet one another with a sign of Christ's peace. Friends, welcome once again to worship. It is good to be with you. Jesus promise us, promises us that any time two or three are gathered, surely he is in our midst, and so it is today. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, we are glad that you are here. All of you, each of you, your presence has made us better today. So we thank you for that. It is our hope that everyone who comes through our doors is challenged or comforted, whichever it is you need most on this day, that you would be encouraged in your walk of faith in some way. If you haven't already and you are seated near the ends of the pews and you have access to those maroon pew pads, we invite you to sign your name and pass it on down to your neighbor. If there are folks you don't know, change that before you leave today. And as you're doing that, a whole slew of announcements for you, so I'm going to try to do this pretty quickly. It is the first Sunday of the month, and so we do have our offering for our uh, food ministry. If you would like to support our open table ministry, that meal is on Thursday evenings for anyone who is hungry and in need of a meal. We open our doors if you would like to support that financially. The yellow envelopes in your pews are specifically for that. If there is no yellow envelope in front of you, grab any envelope and write open table on it. 
If you would like to volunteer in person, Kathy Hoffman is right there and she would love to talk to you. Because it is the first Sunday of the month, we also have prayers for healing and wholeness during communion. So if you would like to pray with Beverly, our associate pastor, over here on the side after you come forward to receive the communion elements, she will be waiting for you there. She's happy to pray for you or a loved one or any situation in the world, anything that is on your heart this day. Next Sunday, we are trying to do as much as humanly possible in one day. We will return to our two worship services at 9 and 11.15. Children's worship will return during both of those services for second grade and younger. Adult education will meet in the parish hall at 10.10. There are details about that on the back of your bulletin. During both services, we will have a blessing of the backpacks. We're extending that to briefcases or anything else that you might carry. So we invite our young people to bring the bags they take to school and anyone else who would like to have whatever they carry blessed as we start a new year, you are welcome to do that. And following the 1115 service, we will have a picnic in the park, weather holding for us will be just inside the south entrance off of 72nd Street. Anyone who's coming, please RSVP if you can. We invite you to bring a blanket and some dessert to share. We will have all the rest, including a few chairs for those who need it. Some of you have asked, feel free to come dressed to worship as if you are actually going to the park afterwards. If there is rain or extreme heat, we will meet downstairs. And lastly, we extend a welcome to our guest organist, Kevin Walters, who has served among other places at Rye Presbyterian Church and other churches here in the city. Kevin, we thank you for accompanying us in our worship of God. So let us continue in that worship now. Our first scripture lesson today comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 3 and 5 through 19. But first, let us pray. Center us, O God, that we can hear you through the reading of your word. Open our minds to the message we most need to hear, and quiet in us all the ways we are prone to distraction. Amen. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed and made, bring forth the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. 
Let all the nations gather together and let the peoples assemble. Who among them declared this and foretold to us the former things? Let them bring their, witness to, their witnesses to justify them and let them hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and break down all the bars, and the shouting of the Chaldeans will be turned to lamination. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
young people to come join me here at the font. Good morning. Again, I am so glad you two are here. I have a question for you. Can you remember a time when you were really scared? Do you remember any times when you were really scared? Or can you imagine such a time? What would you do? What helps you feel not so scared? Don't know? Probably having mom and dad nearby, right? To help us feel not so afraid? How about, is there ever a time you've had to do something really hard and you just didn't know how you could do it? I have those times a lot. And what's a good thing to do in those times? Ask for help sometimes, right? You keep working and keep working and then ask for help from the people who love you and from who else? For God, right? That's another person we can ask when we're really afraid or we have something really hard to do. You know, Ms. Clark just read us some words from the prophet Isaiah. Now, it was a long passage, and I would not expect that you listened to every word. I bet there's some grown-ups that didn't hear every word, too. But Isaiah was speaking God's words, because that's what a prophet did to the people of Israel, when they were having a very hard time and when they were scared. It was hard for them to know how they were gonna get through this time because their country, the land of Israel, had been taken over by another country and they had been taken away into exile. That means they had to leave their country and they were living in this other country that was their enemy. They really, really wanted to go home and they didn't know if they would ever get there. And this is what God said to them through the prophet Isaiah. God says, I'm the one who created you. I made you, and you are my people. I saved you. I called you by your name, and you belong to me. God said, I'll be with you no matter what. Don't be afraid. I love you. You're precious to me, and I am always with you. You know what? God's words were not just for the people of Israel a long time ago. Who were they also for? Everyone. That's right. They're for us. And I want you to remember those words whenever you're having a hard time or you're scared. Remember God says, I love you, you're precious to me, and I'm with you. And even if you don't hear God's voice in your ears, God is always saying those words to us in our hearts. Can you say them with me? I love you. I love you. You're precious to me. You're precious to me. And I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's pray. Dear God, dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for always being with us. Thank you for always being with us. Help us to remember you are there. Help us to remember you are there, especially when we're afraid. Especially when we're afraid. Amen. Thank you. You can go back and sit with your mom.
Our New Testament lesson today comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. Hear these words that are surely somewhat familiar to you. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away my possessions and hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it too will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now, faith, hope, and love, these three abide, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was a little over a year ago now that my friends Kristen and David were married. It will shock you, I am sure, to know that the reading they selected was the one we just heard, some of our most well-worn, highly regarded words about love. Their ceremony was very small, and it was held in a very small room, and so they asked if a variety of their friends could all share in the reading, if they could each just speak aloud from wherever they happened to be sitting. The idea, they said, is that they would be literally surrounded by these words of love as they began their life together. I thought that was a wonderfully beautiful sentiment, and I told them that what they did not tell me and what they themselves did not know was that those friends had prepared an alternate sort of reading. It included all of the words Paul intended, but it went something like this. Love is patient, except when it's not. Love is kind, but not always. Sometimes even love gets very angry. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, except when it must be. Love does not insist on its own way. 
Are you kidding me? Have you ever met love? Love is not so good at compromise. It is not irritable or resentful unless it's coming from someone who really has asked you 14 times to pick up your dirty socks. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices in the truth. But love usually will tell you when you were wrong and it was right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Endurance is really underrated. Love never ends. Here's the real truth, because sometimes love is a pain in the backside. They used a different word there. Sometimes love is a pain in the backside, but real love keeps showing up. And therein ended the reading. The word of the Lord, more or less. Love is patient, except when it's not. And love is kind, but sometimes love gets really angry. I will tell you I have never laughed so hard during a wedding, but I am tempted to say I've never heard quite so much truth during a wedding either. You see, David and Kristen, at the time of their marriage, they were both in their late 40s, and in their own ways, they had each seen and experienced enough to know that love is not all rainbows and puppy dogs and walks on the beach. They had seen and experienced enough to know that sometimes, maybe more often than we would like it to be the case, we can be disappointed by love. You know what that's like, don't you? I think you do in all sorts of different ways. I think you know. We also know what that is like as a nation. The last time I stood in this pulpit a month ago was in the aftermath of the shooting in El Paso with 22 dead and 24 injured. And today I stand here in the aftermath of the shooting in Odessa with five dead and 21 injured, including a 14-month-old little girl. I imagine that some of you might be thinking right now, really? Even in a sermon on love, we're still talking about guns. But sometimes it seems, it seems, that love just isn't enough to fix everything that has gone so horribly and terribly wrong in our own lives and in our collective life. The words of Psalm 13, How long, O Lord, will you forget us forever? I have to tell you, for me, those words are losing the genuine drama they were always intended to carry, and I know good and well that there are many in this world who have voiced this lament in ways deeper and longer than me. I've been thinking about John the Baptist quite a bit these days. John the Baptist, the prophet who heralded the coming of Christ, the long-haired, honey-eating man who kicks off Jesus' recruiting tour, telling everyone to pay attention for all of his good effort John is thrown in prison. The Gospel of Matthew tells it this way. 
When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? How long, O Lord? Will you forget us forever? His words are some of the saddest in all of scripture, I think. Are you the one we've been waiting for? Are you the one who will save us? Or have we gotten it all wrong? Are you the one or aren't you? Because right now it is really hard to tell. Right now the darkness is so deep I am not sure anymore. Right now, I keep hearing thoughts and prayers, but here I am, still behind bars, still shackled in chains. So tell me honestly, Jesus, are you really the one? My friend Matt is a pastor as well. He told his father that he loved him so much. He was leaving his father at the hospital for acute inpatient psychiatric care. His dad was consumed by clinical depression. Matt says it this way. He says that when the depression descended, his charismatic father disappeared without leaving. As the nurses took his shoelaces and his belt, Matt told his father again that he loved him. And he did, and he thought at the time that surely if his dad could remember just how much he was loved, he wouldn't be so sad anymore. He thought at the time that if his dad could remember just how much he was loved, it could fix this. All of this happened on the day after Matt's 16th birthday. And as he grew older, he says, he learned a lot more about love. He learned something very important about love. He learned that love can't fix depression because clinical depression is not the result of a lack of love. It's the result of a chemical imbalance in the brain. Love couldn't fix his dad because love doesn't have the power to fix everything. I know that it's a beautiful day outside. It's a holiday weekend. And here I am telling you what love can't do. My friend Matt, when he dropped his dad off at the hospital, he learned that love doesn't have the power to fix everything. But here's what else he learned in the midst of all of that, that sometimes it's not the sheer force of love that saves us, but the dogged persistence of love. He says, if hope is the thing with feathers, then love is the thing with armor. It comes with reinforced steel, invisible to all of the chemical imbalances in creation. I hope we are learning this more and more every day, that when the world is gritty, Love sometimes has no choice but to be gritty right back. Love sometimes cannot abide by politeness anymore, but has to resort to screaming and protesting and getting very angry. The Canaanite woman, she can tell you that. 
The love she had for her daughter gave her the strength to insist over and over again to no one less than Jesus himself that he was wrong. Because love sometimes, sometimes has to stomp its feet and get red in the face, and sometimes, oftentimes, love does have to insist on its own way. Because the way we've wandered off on our own is dangerous and deadly. Love sometimes has to put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, not because love is violent, but because love will keep standing despite all of the slings and arrows and principalities and powers that do its best to unseat love at any cost. Love has to dress itself up, not in pearls and sweater sets, not in dresses and tuxedos and wedding vests, but in faith and truth and light. And it is possible that that faith and truth and light will be tattered and torn at the end of the day. But that is the attire that assures us that when the sun sets at the end of that day, it will rise again in the morning. Because love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love endures all things. Nowhere in scripture are we told that love will fix all things. But we are told over and over and over again that love can and will endure all things. My friend Matt, he said, even when brain chemistry runs us down, love stays on its feet. Even when we can't see the path before us, love gets through. And someday, when sin and death run out of steam, when guilt and shame have no more worlds to conquer, when all those dark nights converge into one glorious sunrise, on that day, on that precious promised day, love will still be standing. When Jesus sends word back to John the Baptist, still in prison, he tells the disciples, Go, go and tell John what you are seeing. Go and tell him that even now, even when almost all seems lost, even now, when everything feels utterly impossible, the eyes of the blind, they are being opened. The lame, they are walking. The lepers, they are being cleansed. And the poor, they are hearing good news. And sometimes, on some days, the good news that is being heard is that love is patient, except when it's not. And that love is kind, but not always. Sometimes love has to get unbelievably mad. It is true that love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, except when it must be in order to survive. The good news is that sometimes love does insist on its own way because some things cannot and shall not be compromised. 
The good news is that love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. And love sure will tell you with a whisper or with a wail the direction that love is pointing. And love will do its darndest to bring you along. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Even the very worst the world has to offer. Even the brokenness of the cross and even the darkness of the tomb. That is the word of the Lord. That is the good news of the gospel. Because the love that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of us all, that love is always doing its best work in the dark. That love endures. The love of God endures all things. That is the love that will keep showing up and keep standing up until all of us are too. Come what may, the love of God endures and will endure all things. And may that give us the strength and the grace and the grit that we might endure as well. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. remain standing as you are able and let us respond to the hearing of God's word by affirming the faith of the church together using the Nicene Creed as you find it printed in your bulletins. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray together. God of all love and light and life, we come before you today humbled by your presence and in deep need of your care. For there is too much pain in the world. Too much of the world is on fire, literally and figuratively, into those places, Lord, please, send your cooling waters to fall from the sky and to remind us of our baptism. Fire of all kind, O oh God, is hot and destructive. It burns and rages. So please show us once again that love can endure even this. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, at the same time, parts of our own country are in danger of flooding. Into those places, Lord, please calm the storms and speak peace into the wind. Give the residents of those places wisdom and discernment in their preparation. We know too well what floodwaters can do, O oh God. They too can overwhelm and destroy. So please show us once again that love can endure even this. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for members of our community those who have been in the hospital and who are still recovering, those who are still struggling with illness or injury, those who are homebound and hungry for hope, including Louis Rodriguez, Margaret Mills, Francis Salatcom, Patricia Carlton, Margaret Davies, Sheila Weiss, and Sally Jaggard, and all those we name in the stillness. Be the great physician, O oh God, and heal their bodies and their spirits. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for members of our community who are too well acquainted with grief, including the families of Sonia Fox and Debbie Kirkham, 
and all those we name again in the stillness. You are the resurrection and the life, O God. We have trusted our loved ones into your care. Now be the resurrection and the life for us as well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks, God, for those whose lives have influenced our own, for those who have shown us something of love, for those who have made us feel worthy, including Dr. James King, in whose memory today's chancel flowers are given. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, gracious God, whose goodness knows no end, we pray for the courage to love our neighbors, for the wisdom to see love when it looks different than we expect, and for the grace to extend love even when it is difficult. For all this and more, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. All that we have and all that we are is a gift from God, freely given, because we are loved. Let us now give back to God with that same kind of love for the ministry of the church and the kingdom of heaven.
Friends, every time that Jesus sat down at a table with people, there was a meal that was shared, but even more than that, there was love shared. And that is exactly what waits for you at this table. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more. Come to this table, you who know what it is to run, to walk, and to fly. And come to this table, you who know what it is to stumble. Come to this table, you who understand all of our vocabulary and traditions. And come to this table, you who are still finding your way. Come to your table, come to this table, you who hunger and thirst for a better life and a fairer world. And come to this table, you who are simply seeking a place to rest. Come, for this is the Lord's table. He is the one who invites you. And that means that it will not be the same without you. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. We come to this table, gracious God, with grateful hearts, giving thanks for the gift of life and this vast universe you have created. From the wildness of summer storms to the soft colors of dawn, the far-flung galaxies to the earth beneath our feet, we are in awe of your creation. You created us in your very image and set us in this world to love, to serve you and each other. When we have failed to live in love and turned aside from your ways, you have remained ever faithful, sending prophets in every age to open our eyes and call us back to the way of righteousness and the path of love. Knowing you never have and never will give up on us, we praise you joining our voices with your people near and far, from every place and every time, who forever sing to the glory of your name. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, whom you sent to save us. He came to heal us, 
and was wounded for our sins. He came with mercy in his voice and was mocked as one despised. He came with peace in his heart and met with violence and death. By your power, he broke free from the prison of the tomb and rose to new life. The one who was humble ascended to you to rule over all creation, and he is with us always, as he promised. Remembering all you have done for us, we take this bread and this wine from the gifts of the earth and celebrate with joy the life we have in Jesus Christ. With joy and thanksgiving, we offer ourselves again to you as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. Nourished at this table, O God, may we know Christ's love and live a new life in him. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Church, now and forever. Amen. With the confidence of the children of God, we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night of his arrest, Jesus was with his disciples, and he took bread, and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body which is given for you do this as remembrance in remembrance of me and it was in the same way that he took the cup and as he poured it out he said this cup it is the cup of the new covenant it is shed for the forgiveness of sins and he shared it with them saying every time you drink of it do so in remembrance of me the Apostle Paul reminds us that every time, each and every time we share this bread and this cup, we proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast.
Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gifts of this table. Give you thanks for the time to gather around it. We give you thanks for all those with whom we share it. May we use this moment and the bread and the cup that has been provided to give us strength for all that the day and weeks ahead will ask of us. We give you thanks for providing all that we need and even more than we can imagine. In your name we pray. Amen.
friends, it was the love of God that brought you into this place, and it is the same love of God that now sends you out. So may joy and nothing less follow you all the days of your life. May you be blessed, and may you be a blessing, and may you rest well today, secure in the knowledge that the Lord of Light, who has brought you this far already, will lead you and countless others all the way home. Amen.